Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 81 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today I am sharing an interview I did with Jeremy Lee, who is the host and producer of Reading the Play podcast and Dino's Unfiltered podcast recently. Um, Jeremy and I met in a PR class in university. It was offered on a Saturday and it was the only like real world class that I took in university. Um, and it did not direct me into the world of PR, but that's where we met because who takes class on a Saturday in university, but we met there and then didn't talk or anything. Um, but we ran into each other at the podcast summit, um, a couple months ago. So we just happened to sit beside each other and it came up that we happened to be in the same class. So Calgary is a small place. The world is small. And you just never know who you're gonna end up running into and that we happen to be interested in the same things because who else goes to the podcast? <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of people at the podcast summit that I didn't know anybody and there's a lot of podcast hosts in Calgary. So if you host a podcast and you listen to this one or if you know somebody who listens to one, please send me their podcast because I would love to listen and meet more Calgary podcast hosts just because I feel like it's a weird world that we interview and record these fairly, like we keep to ourselves a lot because you're just recording, like I'm sitting at my kitchen table right now. Um, and so something like a podcast summit or other ways to meet those people in Calgary would be great. So hit me up with that information. Um, but back to Jeremy, he talks about how he ended up in the podcasting world and how he got involved with CIS sports without ever actually playing on a university team. He works with the Dinos and um, State Trojans. So he talks about that and how he got involved during university and how it ended up being his career. We talk about the importance of storytelling and why it's so powerful for both brands, small businesses and people. And from all the athletes he has interviewed over the last couple years, Jeremy shares the most common factor in their success, what keeps them motivated, and what non-athletes, like myself, can take away as advice. This is kind of a different interview than I usually do since he doesn't own like a small business, but like I mentioned in previous episodes, I am trying to find more specific topics to talk about, and Jeremy was great to talk about sports and, and storytelling um, and just the world of podcasting and broadcasting. So let's jump into it. This is Jeremy. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here today with Jeremy. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Normally I'm on your side of the chair. Uh, so please forgive me if I in turn ask you a question back. No, I feel like this will be actually the like smoothest interview since you know how the interview process works so I think it'll be or it'll just you'll be the better side of this interview <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to people that don't understand how podcasts work <laughs> I'm right there with you so we're good true <laughs> uh do you want to introduce yourself and give us two fun facts to get started uh yeah as you said my name is Jeremy full name Jeremy Lee and uh normally I run a couple of podcasts and I think that's why we're here today uh so my personal podcast is called Reading the Play. It's a podcast based on um, 
athletes coming to talk to me about how they got to where they are, but we analyzed some of the key decisions they made, um, which has led them to where, you know, how they've created their results in in their life. And um, yeah, it's, it's been fun listening to their stories. And then the second podcast, which I started recently, is called Dinos Unfiltered. It's actually through the University of Calgary, uh, Dinos Athletics. They are funding this and uh, wanted to bring me on board to produce this for them. So it's a uh, it's a weekly podcast that I host and produce, and we just cover everything Dinos Athletics. And I have um, a rotating chair of co-hosts that I have with me. So yeah. That's uh, that's kind of the gist about me. I also do some broadcasting uh, for the UFC and for SAIT. So that is also, you know, my background um, and how I got started in the podcasting industry too. One kind of led to the other. And uh, two fun facts about myself. Well, uh, the first one, which I had a realization the other day, actually was I don't know how to tie my shoes like an adult. <laughs> so <laughs> What does that mean? Do you wear Velcro shoes? No, I do not wear Velcro <laughs> shoes. Uh, but when it comes to shoelaces, I don't, I can't figure it out with the one loop and wrapping it around. I'm, I'm all bunny ears. Okay. So I have two bunny ears, uh, and I can tie them together. But right. when it comes to just like the, yeah, the the single loop and wrapping it around, it always comes undone in two minutes. Like, it's frustrating. <laughs> So I've just given up on that and right. I just tied my shoes like a five-year-old. So I mean, it's, no one knows after you've tied it, how you tied it. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how I got there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then the second fun fact, um, I'll just tell you in honor of NFL 100, and I know you've been doing a lot of content about that, is how I became a Patriots fan. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> We're going to go there. That's are we going to cut this out? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's actually before their dynasty started. So it was early 2000s. My dad was actually working in Boston at the time. And so he was flying out of Calgary uh, quite often. And on one of his flights was, uh, they announced over the intercom that a New England Patriots player, his name is Lawyer Malloy, uh, was on the same flight. And so he was gracious enough to get up and talk to people and sign autographs. And so he actually signed uh, my dad's plane ticket, but he made it out to me, to Jeremy. Uh, best wishes, Lawyer Malloy. It was great. So, um, you know, embarrassingly enough, my dad asked if he was Mike Cameron, who's actually a baseball player. So that was, <laughs> that's a story for another day. But yes, yeah, so that's ultimately when I became uh, a Patriots fan. It was just yeah, it was it was even before Tom Brady was at the helm for this uh, well well versed and um, well oiled machine that is the Patriots right now. So, right, it's yes. a good thing you have like a story because people probably wouldn't believe you if you're. Oh like, yeah, I was a Patriots fan before. They'd be like, "That's what everyone." Yeah, says. <laughs> how, do you, how can you prove it? Yeah, so exactly. I do have the United plane ticket to prove it. So okay, um, can I ask you a question? Uh, sure. Is it going to be football? Why, football well, just how did you land on the Chargers, and why do you have a life-size Joey Bosa <laughs> on the uh, wall. cut out on the wall? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know the answer to the second question, but <laughs> I actually don't even have a good story about why I'm a Chargers fan. I'm only a Chargers fan by association because my fiance is a hardcore Chargers fan. Okay. So when I met him like eight and a half years ago, he played football for Dinos. That's how I met him. Perfect. Yeah. So it all we all tied together, and. He was a Chargers fan, and I didn't even really know it. Like, I didn't care. Honestly, I didn't like football, so I was like, I don't care. Didn't watch football. It was fine. And then he was a Chargers fan, and then I was like, well, 
I guess I should pick a fan or a f- pick a team to be a fan of. And so I just picked his because it's easier than my parents gifted me a jersey for Christmas literally like two years mm. later. And I was like, this wasn't on the list. Like, I don't want a Chargers jersey, but I had a Chargers jersey. And I'm like one of those people, like if I have merch for a team, then I'm a number one fan because I can show up like a fan. So now fast forward eight and a half years, we now have a Joey Bosa decal on our <laughs> living room wall. <laughs> So it's it's been was that a Chris's journey. idea or was that yours? Uh, the NFL people sent it to okay. me. Uh, yeah, and I was gonna put it up just for the photo, and then my dad and Chris were like, "We should keep it up all season. How cool is this?" I was like, "This is the least cool thing I've ever seen in my life." So for people who don't follow me on Instagram, if you just picture a wall, if you're looking at your house wall, it is literally the entire wall, and it's Joey Bosa. It's his old number, which is probably why they sent it to me because it's all on sale now. So mm. he has 99 on, and it's. He's just sitting there watching us live our lives. So he's that's gonna, awesome. He's going to be up there until February. So <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris is happy about that. He's pumped. Perfect. He's pumped. And they're flying us to a Chargers game. So I can't complain. That is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. Um, and I, we met in university, so I kind of know. Yeah. We had a public question. relations uh, class together. We did. I know. And we didn't see each other again until the Ugh. podcast conference. That's right. Right. Yeah. So that would have been like, when did we graduate? 14. What, four, and that was in 2014, I think, that class. Yeah. Maybe it was. It was, yeah. it was It was. one of my last classes yeah. for my degree. So, so yeah. five years later, we ran into each other at a podcast conference, which is funny how that Never would have ends expected. up. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Neither of us are in PR. Like directly. in 2014, would you have imagined you would have been starting a podcast? No. Honestly, I didn't know what a podcast was literally till like a year ago. So there you go. Yeah, no. I also knew I didn't want to be in PR while we were in the PR class. So didn't know I was going to end up basically. Yeah, in I didn't want to either. Role. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we were on a class on a Saturday, so maybe that should have like given us a hint of the kind of people that. I we just were. needed the credits. That was to be honest. <laughs> totally. Um, so what did you take in school, uh, and what was your initial like career path? Um, I've been all over the place, to be honest. In a past life, I was actually in, um, I was a pharmacy technician, but also wanted to go back to school because I wasn't, I wasn't happy there. It was just very much a, a cog in the system and I was lacking that creativity side of things. So I went back to school and I took my uh, broadcast journalism diploma from SATE and graduated with that. And that's where I started doing, uh, getting my feet wet with, uh, play by play, and doing court sports for say Trojans. And then, um, yeah, I wanted to do the UFC two and two program. Like I was talking to you earlier about, uh, just thought it would open up some more doors and, uh, potential to working for, you know, all different organizations, not just being, uh, pigeonholed towards the media world. So that's why I did the two and two. And then with my time at the UFC, I started working for the dinos, um, as a student there and, um, on the Dinos podcast, I talk about how I became, how I got started with Dinos athletics and it started as like in-house announcer at the basketball games. Um, but then eventually the spot opened up to be the voice of Dinos volleyball. And so that's where I still am today. Um, and then also, yeah. And then it's kind of grown into this weekly podcast thing. So it's been exciting. Cool. So you didn't actually play sports. You just like were interested in being involved with that. That's right. God didn't give me the, uh, Bless me with the talent uh, <laughs> and the genetics needed for high-level athletics. Um, but yeah, I love sports. I love seeing what the what the human body is capable of. Um, 
kind of reaching its max and it's just it's amazing so i am appreciative of all types of sports not just football not just basketball not just hockey whatever um so that's where that the appreciation comes from and uh yeah so i didn't i didn't i didn't play but i watched a lot and even with volleyball i never played but i had to somehow like if i was gonna be the voice of volleyball i needed to be well-versed and like be knowledgeable about the sport so a lot of it came through conversation and just humbling myself to uh to say hey you know (laughs) i didn't play growing up i don't know a lot about the game um but i want to learn and i want to um i want the respect from people and yeah so i think it's kind of grown to that today so yeah that's actually really interesting to think about because i always find like watching sports it's way easier to like watch it when you've like played it so it's really interesting that you were able to like oh, yeah. pick it up enough to be able to like play by play the whole game without actually like having ever experienced it. Yeah. I had some of the sports lingo down, but totally. even some of the tendencies and some of the strategy and even some of the, the colloquial terms that they use on the court. I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So I had to like just, yeah, ask those dumb questions, quote right. unquote dumb questions. Right. I mean, yeah, we know there's no dumb questions. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> um. And did you apply, you kind of mentioned this, but did you apply as a broadcaster with being like, oh, I have my like two year, I did two years in broadcasting when you went to UFC or like, or did you just walk up to them and be like, I want a job doing something? Or did you use your like broadcasting um, experience? I think I applied for any position, but in the back of my mind, I wanted a broadcasting job, whether it was hockey, whether it was soccer, whatever it was. I think initially it was even basketball. Because their program was doing really good at the time, um, and they still are. But that was kind of the initial goal. But I'm also like, I I'm also, um, I also understand that you need to get your foot the door. That's just kind of you know rule number one if you're you know bottom of the totem pole. So totally. Um, so I was like, put me wherever you need, and I'm there. So right. it just turned out they needed someone for PA for basketball, public address announcing, and. Uh, it wasn't pretty <laughs> to begin, but, uh, yeah, they somehow, uh, yeah, kept me around and yeah, here we are. Cool. So what does like a, a day in the life look like? Cause you oh. seem like you do a lot of things. So like what's yes. like a typical day? Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's been ever, ever evolving. Um, and then even, uh, having two kids now, I'm just, uh, so basically the mornings are dedicated to family time or whatever so whether my kids need to go out for their classes my daughter's in gymnastics and music or we go to the gym and I just put her in the child minding area Um, and then afternoon is dedicated to work whether it's like catching up on emails whether it's editing a podcast whether it's recording a podcast uh, which I was rushing to today Um, and and then yeah evening is just kind of a, a toss up whether you know, um, if there's some pressing things that need to be done, then I'll, I'll get that done there. But, uh, if not, then, you know, I'll spend more time with my family and, and yeah, that's usually how it goes. Um, I also wanted to mention that I did some work for the Calgary Inferno of the now defunct CWHL. Um, but yeah, just like incredible athletes. And that was like a big part of my network too. Um, but you know, their games, um, would happen in the evenings Um, And same with the the volleyball broadcasting, like all the games, every sports game really happens on like a weekend evening. So 
yeah, weekends are pretty busy. Um, during the week is like a little lighter, but that's usually where I play catch up and get all my stuff done. And yeah, so there you go. Cool. Cause it, we're in volleyball season right now. <laughs> getting close. Getting, getting close. close okay. Yeah. I mean, I played volleyball, so I should know when the season oh, is. Yeah. But... It's uh, mid October oh, is when okay. the first games are. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's coming so, up. Yeah. It's right around the corner. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, and so when did you start your podcast? Like what was your like process? Cause like obviously you're surrounded mm-hmm. by all these athletes and like, I'm sure there was a point where you're like, oh, I should share their stories or advice. Like, what was the journey for that? Yeah, that's a great question. I I started it about a year, just over a year ago. Um, and even before that, I've always had the frustration with in-game interviews. Um, I'm sure you've seen your fair share of them, but they're really... And I'm not a fan of them. I just wanted to say that. Um, and because... You don't get a good response out of the athlete. They're not in the proper headspace, um, you know, whether it's mentally or emotionally even. Um, they're not in the right space for that. And uh, and then therefore they just give you some generic answer. And, you know, people mock the hockey interview all the time, right? Play 100%, mm-hmm. get the pucks in deep, whatever it is. And there was just no substance to it. And I just felt that uh, there's way more to the story. There's way more to athletes and their personality. Um, that needs to be brought out. And I also felt that, especially in Calgary, there wasn't a, um, a resource for up-and-coming athletes um, or even parents of up-and-coming athletes who want to get their kids into higher-level athletics. Um, and what does it actually take to get there? So that's where the idea came from. I just wanted to be that bridge for them. And so I have athletes come on, and that's why we talk about those decisions they made um, so that people can get a good look into, oh, this is what it actually takes to play at a high level. Oh, these are the people I need to talk to. These are the connections I need to make. And a lot. And then even talking to those athletes, they tell their story. And they're like, when I was a kid, I didn't know who I, like what steps to take. You know? And some people just stumble across something or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was just like, even in their story, they were like, I was missing this resource. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. When I feel like even now, I mean, I'm not an athlete or up and coming athlete, so I don't really know. But yeah, like, I'm not an athlete either. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that there's so many like resources. If you're going to start a business, if you're going to do all these things that you can find it, but even as a university student to, or I guess a high school student to become a professional athlete, athlete, there's probably not a ton still of nope. resources for really like how to do this and what to do. So I feel like you still are covering that part of the space, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about business and stuff to make this, I mean, I find it all very interesting, but to provide some more value to the listeners. Um, so you obviously value storytelling and that's what now you do is, yeah. And so, um, how can like from a business perspective or like a personal brand, I guess, um, why should a brand focus on storytelling and how can they really develop their brand and reach new customers through that type of marketing i just think storytelling is unique every every story is their own like there's no two of the same um even if you're twins like out of the womb you're gonna be on two separate paths right um so i think that in itself and people they they crave for authenticity um and if you think about the olympics and someone i think i heard this in a lecture maybe but they were saying why why is it that even if you don't like sports, you're still drawn to the Olympics every four years, whether it's summer, whether it's winter. 
Um, and it's because of the stories. It's because of like, they, they showcase where the athlete came from, a lot of their upbringing, a lot of their background. And, and then we, we get emotionally invested and then we end up rooting for them. But it's like, that's what draws us in. I think we're just drawn to stories. You know, that's how, that's how uh, the entertainment industry works too. That was literally like, what I was like. That's how reality TV works. <laughs> that's how re- exactly. You, yeah. you you pick whoever you're cheering for, and that's who you root for for the entire season, right? Yeah. Or even with movies, it's like, what are some? What is the uh, one of the biggest like analysis points that people? Um, if you ask someone if when they watch a movie, it's like, was it a good storyline? Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's the most important part, really, of yeah any form of entertainment if not the most at least it's up there yeah yeah totally. people want to see and and hear a good story right yeah um and so if a brand is, or a business is like developing their brand that way like they know they need to tell a story how can they hone in on that if they're like i don't have a story like what kind of like i don't know if i believe that though so how would you like what would you tell someone if you're like no you have a story like how do they start like sharing it um and I think you you have to grab at some of the um, the points like what is going to hook the audience, and I think what is going to also be relatable to the audience. I think the like the audience always wants to know that they're somewhat close to the presenter, right? And so, how do you connect with them? I think it's that relatability piece. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, like I share stories of like. Um, you know, how I got to where I am. And like, that's, that's part of, you know, part of my story is just, I needed to create something um, because I didn't really fit in the box of a lot of what companies were looking for. So, and I think there's a, a good chunk of people out there that are maybe in the same boat. So it's like, I don't know, you just have to hold on to, Hey, what are your strengths? And, uh, and just play off of those, you know, everyone has strengths. Um, and so I just narrowed, narrowed in on what mine were and, uh, yeah, started this podcast and here we are. Yeah, totally. When I also feel it helps, like if someone's struggling to ask people around them as well, like, what do I bring to the table or like colleagues or friends or family or like someone who's just like, you should focus on this or like start somewhere then. And then you can kind of like grow from there. Well, and I think a big part is you have to intentionally sit down and think about and do a deep dive into, uh, yeah, the qualities that you have. And I know you do, like everyone has qualities out there. And, but the problem is it's such a fast paced society that we live in. We don't always take the time to just lift our heads up and evaluate, hey, like what are some of the things that I'm really good at? And it's often we get where like it's it's put in our minds of what what other people say we're good at right which can be different right so yeah yeah no and how would you say that social media has like either played a part or helps or how does storytelling and social media fit together from your perspective oh uh it's huge um i think it's really revolutionized marketing and um advertising as you as you know for sure right like um, it's brought the world closer together. Um, I think it also needs to be, it can be good and bad. You probably heard that, right? So, um, but a lot of the good I think is just it, the reach you can have. It's just crazy to me when you put out a podcast or whatever and, um, you know, someone from like 
Iowa or Wisconsin or something would like listen in or make a comment. And, um, it's cool when you, when you get that type of reach and, uh, and I think it's really beneficial that way. Um, that being said, I think it also can take away too from being present in the moment. And, um, so I think that like establishing healthy boundaries is key, uh, at least from my experience. And, uh, that's, what I'm still trying to learn. <laughs> it's not perfect. Uh, but I just, I found that getting on that track to, um, staying within those boundaries is, has been healthy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think everyone needs to just reevaluate their boundaries with social yeah. media and everything. But as a business, it does, like you said, like the reach and being able to target people and tell your story to more people than just like the people you talk to face to face is really beneficial for, for businesses. Um, and it is interesting that like, I'm the same when I see the countries and cities and stuff that people listen to a podcast, it makes it like everyone is relating. Like there's young mm-hmm. athletes in every city that are trying to become professional. So, you know, like you can, matter, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like in Calgary, people I'm sure recognize the names and like, that's exciting to them, but everywhere people want the same sort of like storytelling relatability. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels to anyone around the world. And, you know, same with, you know, the people that you talk to. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, everyone wants to start a business these yeah. days. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and let's talk a little bit about the podcast again. Um, so how did you know how to start a podcast? Like, you just Google it or like, what was the what was your uh, YouTube videos was really helpful. Um, I think just those how to start a podcast YouTube <laughs> videos, but you I have to create that. a list, right? Yeah. And, but it's like, what equipment do I need to get? What editing software do I need to use? Um, do I use USB mics? Do I use XLR cable mics? Those are all big questions, right? So um, I think that's where you start. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure exactly how this podcast was going to shape up. So I just went the basic route, very basic and just a couple of USB mics and, um, and then just starting it and then recording it on my, on my computer. So, um, but I think over time I do want to transition to the uh, XLR cable mics. So it's just easier for multiple guests and, uh, that's something I want to explore. Right. And how come you decided to start a podcast as opposed to like a blog or like a YouTube channel interviewing people or like, you know, there's like so many platforms that you can choose nowadays. So how yeah. can you chose a podcast? I think I'll, A, because of my um, background with broadcast journalism, a, a big part of it was we had a radio class that we had and we were required to uh, produce a lot of audio segments. So uh, audio editing was already a, a strength for me at that point. We talked about those strengths before, right? So this is one of them. So I also didn't think at the time at SAFE that I would be using this skill, but I was actually half decent at it. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I wanted to go with that medium. Um, that being said, I do want to one day go and like explore the YouTube side of things, or at least have a video recorded podcast. That would be a lot of fun. So, but again, it kind of went back to like, Hey, I'm starting this up. I'm not sure how this is going to land. So let's just start with the, the microphones and then we'll go from there. So the, the, the YouTube pathway is not off the table by any means, um, but, uh, and then the other, the other thing I wanted to say was, I think hearing the voice of someone telling a story, there's something powerful to it. Uh, 
you can't convey that emotion on a piece of paper or, you know, on a website. Um, like I've had podcasts where like some of my athletes have been like, they're close to, to, to tears. And that's like, it just sends chills up your spine. And that's something you can't get on a piece of paper. Um, so I think that's why I decided to go that route instead of the blog. Right. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And I, I mean, I have a podcast too, so I think I totally understand. Right. Well, Um, mine's more storytelling. So I think it makes more sense to have an actual person telling a story. Um, if it's more informative, like there's a, a lot of informative podcasts out there, which is also great. Um, but I think it's also easier to, uh, transfer over to a piece of paper or on a website as well. Right. Well, and then people's stories aren't like edited. I feel like as soon as someone writes something down or like reads it, they're cutting out most of the story or even like, like you said, like the emotional part of the story, it becomes very just like dry, I guess. So you, you get a lot of the like extra parts of the story for someone just saying it off the cuff rather than like reading it writing and like overthinking it yeah kind of thing um and so you had have you had it for a year you started about a year ago i started uh and released my first episode just over a year ago okay and who is your first guest how did you do you have a guest every time or i have a guest every time because i'm not an athlete if we remember (laughs) uh so yes i definitely need a guest every time so it's hard to have like an athlete-based podcast that's right (laughs) yeah uh but my first guest was a guy named doc kasama uh shout out to doc um do you know doc he was like, yeah, he, so he was, he might've been playing with Chris, maybe oh, potentially. Um, but he, yeah, he's part of the Dinos football program. Um, but he was like, he went through the NFL draft process. And so I think that was very intriguing. He also played his final year without an ACL, without a legit mm-hmm. ACL. So yeah, his story was incredible, but he also had like NFL scouts come up and like take a look at him and he was like testing for them. So he, uh, yeah, his story was pretty intriguing. He's also like a Gambian born guy, but he also grew up in Sweden. So it was just like, yeah. Cool. And that's where he learned to play fo- uh, football was in Sweden of all places. <laughs> and we're talking American football, yes. not European footy. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Um, and how do you decide who your guests are? Like, do you reach out to people or by now, mm. like, do people reach out to you? How does that process? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a mixture of both. I would say it's still heavily me reaching out to people. Um, but I think that I base the decision on, you know, how high they've, how, what, what level they've played at. Um, but also, yeah, like what things can we turn into a story? I kind of feel like a reporter in that sense where you're just like, what? can I spin into a story? What can I make into a story? Um, sorry, I shouldn't say spin, but yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Um, but so that, I think that's where, the, those are kind of my evaluating factors. And um, really, I think everyone has a story to tell though, as well. Like I mentioned before, everyone's story is not the same. So, um, you know, there's, I, I also try to get people from different programs so that we can get an inside look into all the different programs, right? right? So, yeah, there's multiple schools in the Canada West. There's multiple schools uh, within the ACAC. Um, even at, yeah, the Olympic level, um, that's who I've started to chat more with nowadays. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm open to chatting to anyone. Right. <laughs> um, and then when did you start the Dinos one? And how did that, like, did they approach you to start, like, a podcast on their behalf? Or what did that look like? 
Yeah, so because of my relationship with them, I knew a lot of the guys who run Dinos Athletics already. Um, you know, they, and so they were, they follow me on social media and everything, and so uh, that's where I post my uh, um, content for the for my own podcast. And so they saw that I had posted some stuff and even interviewed some Dino players, and so they were listening to them. They're like, "Wow, this is awesome." That's where it started. So they reached out to me and said, "Hey, like we're, we were thinking about doing a, a Dinos podcast." Um, you know, is that something you'd be interested in, um, and taking on? So, yeah, I think I had to evaluate some things and it was just, it was kind of like a perfect storm because my second child was born almost like this. It was like the same week that they wanted to start this thing. It was like around like the kickoff weekend in like early September. So yeah, it was just the, the timing wasn't ideal, but, uh, yeah, it made it work. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's how everything happens. It yeah. all happens all at the same time. <laughs> but it's just like trying to figure out your processes and your, your systems. And it's now like because of this new podcast, it's you, you have to like fit that into your life, into all or already crazy life, right? Right. Yeah. So that's been the challenge. Yeah. Well, especially because it's not like, like you're obviously recording and producing it, but now it's not really like your podcast. So now you have to, you have to do it for them. So you don't really, like, you need to actually do it and That's have been, it done really well. It's been which, challenging. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, because, like you said, yeah, like, if it's your own podcast, you have clear direction uh, over, you know, all the decisions, really. Uh, but, you know, when it's someone else's, you you, you kind of have to go, okay, like, okay, that's how you want it done. That's, you know, not, not something I would do, but that's... Right. It's your podcast, so there you go. So, yeah. Interesting. That's, I'm sure that's, like, a good learning experience just having someone else's opinion on what they want for a podcast it gives you like another perspective of what a podcast could be right and I think it's also a good reminder for myself to say hey um you know there also could be some other good ideas too that you're you're just overlooking so yeah yeah because I feel like you can get caught up in doing your own thing and just like because it's easy to have someone else come in and be like oh what about this or what about that and you're just like oh yeah it doesn't always have to look your like the way you want it to look right right yeah. exactly yeah. um and looking at all the athletes you've interviewed so far what would you say is one of the like common factors amongst their like success like is there like a daily habit they have or like something like that like what would you say um i think one of the underlying factors is that they have a very uh elite mindset and they have a hunger for wanting to be better and they're not afraid of associating or being around people that are better than them in their field that's what I've really taken away um yeah some of the top players I've interviewed um I interviewed Brianna Decker one of the top like she's probably one of the top two players uh female players in the world and uh yeah just yeah that was a captivating interview because she was so um, she was so focused on like being the best and playing with the best. Um, and she had, she, yeah, like I said, she had no fears playing boys hockey. Um, and she was like always wanting, she valued like part of her evaluation process for schools was like, yeah, one is, what is one of the best programs and best conferences that I could play in? Right. So, um, yeah. And I think just like having the confidence, like that, that confidence, like, like I belong here, um, and I think that can, like, all those things can be uh, relatable to anyone. Like, whether you're working your 9-to-5 job or whatever, it's like, 
I don't know, have an elite mindset around things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm sure like, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of the same in this way because we both love listening to people's stories, but I'm sure you're like extra motivated in your own life to like level up whatever it is that you're doing after like Mm -hmm. listening to all of these people like talk about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like after every interview, I always leave wanting to get better, you know, and just like what other like high profile athlete can I uh, talk to because that was like a big fear of mine was just like, I don't know if I can like grab any of these elite athletes and you know, I'm just like, I'm kind of a nobody here, but you know, are they going to want to be on this podcast? But surprisingly the reception has been great and people are open and surprisingly people have always come, uh, come over to my place on what we call hashtag story Island, (laughs) which we're currently sitting at. (laughs) Yeah. We're currently on story Island. This is great. Um, and yeah, they're, they've, they've been open to, t- to sharing their story. So, yeah. Right. When I feel like people, like, it's just like an innate quality in people that people want to talk about themselves and share their story. And like people, like once people get going, everyone likes to tell their story and to talk about themselves. So I feel like once they're in it, then I'm sure it makes it for an easy interview. Especially for some of the Olympians too. They're kind of used to that doing tours around different schools and uh, hosting the, you know, charity golf tournament, whatever they're used to telling their story all the time. But, uh, the amazing thing with having this unadulterated two hours with them is just like, it's like, I get them all to my, to myself. Right. And they're also in a very relaxed headspace and they're just chill. Like they're, they probably open up more than they, that's one of the, their feedback that I, some of the most common feedback that I get from people is like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I opened up to you more than I thought I would. Right. <laughs> so it, it's a good thing. It also could be detrimental, but so far it's been a good thing. Right. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> awesome. Well, and it provides your listeners then with like extra information, especially if like someone's listening who wants to pursue their athletic dreams, that it makes it a very real, relatable like yeah. story. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's like injuries or trying to figure out um you know whether like Ross like lineups and stuff like that like what are you going to be benched are you going to be starting for the team like those those types of um adversity events like or event uh, types of events like they they can be um good learning moments for up-and-coming athletes totally well and even like you said like normal people like whether it's like getting promoted or like yeah Oh yeah. Whatever it is people do at their job. But in any industry, you yeah. you have like the the rosters and the bench and What happens so. when you don't get promoted, right? Exactly. Yeah. How yeah. do you rebound from that? How do you still give your best to the company even though you're not in the position that you wanted to be in? Totally. Um and if you could interview anybody, who would you want to interview? It's got to be Tom Brady. Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady forever in Northwest Calgary. Oh. <laughs> Story Island is waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think overall, I definitely want to still get more uh, more Olympians on there. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, there's some incredible stories. Uh, but if you're saying all-time, all-time, all yeah, time. it's got yeah. to be Tom Brady. Just the fact that he somehow looks younger. He's got more hair. He's more mobile at the ripe age of 42. Like a fine wine. He's just getting better with with age. Totally. Yeah. But I've heard it like his routine is insane. Like I'm that's what someone, I want to like, get his into. book or whatever. I need to yeah. read his like yeah, re- the go Tom read Brady his method or whatever it is. Yeah. TB12. Yeah. No. Yeah. Go, <laughs> You're go like, I've studied that. <laughs> well, no, no. I have not studied that. But yeah, I would. If you read the book, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. On yeah. No, that would be a good interview. 
Yeah. I'm sure you'll get there one day. I'm sure he's available. That's what I'm working towards. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. You might need him to retire to have a little more That's free fine. time on oh, his yeah. hands. But yeah. nice. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, and do you have like a book or podcast that you'd recommend to listeners, either like business related or sports related or just Yeah, the podcast that I'm really into right now is called the Bill Simmons Podcast. Um I'm not sure if you've heard of that one I haven't before. Heard of it. No. Uh, so Bill Simmons actually was started out as a sports writer in the Boston area. So he's a big Patriots homer as well. But uh, he also he then moved out to LA and he was writing for uh, one of the late like Tonight Shows or something like that. It was either for Letterman or for Kimmel or something like that. So the the fascinating part about Simmons is that he has a entertainment side to him. So he like that's one of my idols. Like with with the podcast industry is not only does he get like A-list uh, athletes to c- come on his podcast, like he's <clears throat> done a podcast with Kevin Durant like five or six times, but he also gets some of the A-list actors to come on his podcast. You know, he's right. done stuff with like uh, Kevin Costner. He just did one with like Julia Louis-Dreyfus and like, yeah, some fascinating stuff. And um, he does this one segment called Parent Corner, which is awesome. Um, and he just talks about some of the crazy like parent stories that he goes through. But um, yeah, being a parent now, it's like something I enjoy listening to. Right. <laughs> but he covers all different aspects. I mean, it, it is like heavily influenced in sports, but some of the entertainment pieces are awesome because they just go through all these different movies that these actors and actresses have been in. And so, yeah, right. it's been oh, good. Cool. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, any other ones you want to recommend? Um, I just... I was just listening to a few, like, for fantasy football and stuff. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, you can find those on Apple. <laughs> yeah. I uh, did fantasy football. I didn't, no, no, get out of no, here. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I created a fantasy football team that was automatically filled, so I didn't have to do mm. any of it. I didn't realize how much work goes into fantasy football. Oh. I thought it was, like, a pool. Like, I enter pools, and you just, like, pick players, and then you just, like, leave it. No. And I was just, like... No. Yeah, no, I, I know now. And I was just, like... I was, like, I think I'm going to automatically fill all the teams for the rest of the season and just, like, hope that they pick me some winners. Because I was, like, I don't know enough to do this. But that's the thing. Like, here, you should get... You should co-manage a team with Chris. You ever thought about that? He didn't want to do that. Oh, he didn't want to? No, it's oh. too much work. <laughs> yeah, so... uh that's my experience with fantasy football. And I was like, well, I was like, I'll just stick to the pools because I understand that better. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that go into fantasy football. Yeah. I didn't Whether realize it was so intense. Road home splits. I don't know. Like just. <laughs> yeah. And people get into it. Like I got so many yeah. messages about it and I was like, guys, relax. Yes. I was like, I don't, I don't want to argue about this. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. People are insane. Well, that's part of like Simmons pod, like interviews too. Like he'll, t- he'll talk to some football athletes and the athletes will say like, yeah, people, random people come up to them in the street and be like, thanks for losing me this week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine if you're like the actual player that people are mad at because of their, and there's a lot of heavy money leagues too. Oh, That's yeah. the thing. So for yeah. sure. But yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it is wild. <laughs> uh, and where can people find you, connect with you, find your podcasts, all the stuff? Uh, mostly on Instagram, so that's the best place to find me. So, uh, my personal account at legacy, L-E-E dot G-A-C-Y, um, or you can find me on the Instagram page of reading the play, at reading the play. Um, and then also, yeah, Dinos Unfiltered, you can find it on the Dinos website at godinos.com. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. That was awesome. Thank you for having me.